0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. It's a very, very special episode tonight. Uh, I'm joined by two absolute legends of the Northern Ireland women's game uh, to react to the the playoff draw today, the Euro 2022 playoff draw, uh, and to the campaign in general, I think. Uh, So first up, I have uh, Rachel Furness. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on.
1: No, no problem at all. Thanks for having us.
0: No problem. And Simone McGill as well. Uh, Same to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure.
0: Great stuff. OK, Rachel, I'll start with you. We'll get stuck straight into it. We'll not mess around. Uh, Ukraine uh, in the playoff draw. Uh, First leg away from home. Uh, I think it's the 7th and the 13th of April are the dates of the games. Uh, What's your immediate reaction to this? I mean, we're in a situation, aren't we? We're Northern Ireland. Uh, We're always underdogs. We always uh, kind of punch above our weight. But... Ukraine of the five teams that we could have drawn, it probably is the most favourable one. Would you say would you sort of agree with that?
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um I think when we're seeing all the teams that we could possibly be up against, um, without kind of telling each other, I think all of us wanted to draw Ukraine. And um, we've recently played them. We played them this time last year in Spain. And, you know, it was it was when it was one of Kenny's first games and, you know, we were learning a lot about the squad and everyone. A lot of the younger girls have just um, made the debut. So I think as we've played them recently, um, we kind of know what they're about. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited and happy with the draw.
0: Yeah, great stuff. And Simone, I'm, I'm assuming from the uh, the video that kind of <laughs> went up on Twitter today uh, that you're, well, I know you're very happy with it. Um it, as Rachel mentioned, it's a team that, that did beat us 4-0 last year, but kind of when you look back at the goals and the, the way that game went, it was kind of it was very much a result of uh, just learning a new system, kind of as, as Rachel alludes to, and, and playing out from the back and j- the natural teething problems that will come from uh, kind of implementing a new style of playing a new system. So do you think a year on from that game, well, we're obviously far better placed uh, to take on Ukraine uh, and haven't had the, the games against Belarus, Faroe Islands, Wales as well and we're just much better equipped than we were this time last year and uh and 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 i know you're a happy girl today
2: (laughs) yeah for sure i mean like rachel said you know when we look back last year it was one of kenny's first games in charge and we were learning a lot about ourselves as a team and about kenny and his staff and about what direction we wanted to go and our identity and the, the style of play that we were looking to implement and the beauty of that tournament last year was it was a friendly tournament and we were able to try things and like Rachel said a lot of the younger members in the squad they got to you know get their debut in that game and things like that and I think you know, we've come such a long way since then. You know, it was a year ago. And just think of what we've achieved since that tournament back then and how far we've come. And I think, you know, and I think that's why a lot of us did want to draw Ukraine, albeit we didn't maybe say that out loud before the draw, And um, was because we have played them and, you know, we've come up against them and we have that now in the bank and we have that to, you know, look back at and learn and study that game. And, you know, that just gives us a real good insight into you know, what we're gonna be coming up against and like I said, you know, we've come such a long way in in the last year that, you know, we're in a really good place and I think we're all just really, really excited.
0: Yeah, fantastic stuff. And and Rachel, Simone kinda of mentions the the new style of play there and, and and learning what Kenny and his staff are wanting to do with the side and you know, Kenny's done various different interviews. I remember him saying uh, very clearly, saying after the the Belarus home game that um, kind of we don't do defensive football. Uh, it was after we'd gone three-two up and uh, and kind of you know had to see out the game. But he, he was saying he always wants us to keep attacking. And you know, we are in a situation with the draw where you look at Faroe Islands and Belarus. And albeit Belarus were were ranked in the pot above us, we knew we kind of had to win home and away against both those sides to have any chance of of qualifying for a playoff. And you were looking at Norway and you know they're a fantastic side routinely and perpetually in the in the quarterfinals semifinals of World Cups and European championships so you're kind of thinking Norway are going to clean up um and then you're looking at those two wheels games so from my I guess my question is it's a bit easier when you know you're obviously wanting to implement this style of play for the four games you you want to be winning um or have to expect to win to qualify uh, and for Norway you kind of use those games as, uh, as a bit of practice kind of the way as Simone mentions we, we used the Pinotaur Cup last March um, and then those two games against Wales obviously we're going to come on to talk about them but in a two-legged playoff and a winner takes all scenario um, will the style of play kind of remain exactly the same do you think maybe we'll need to be a little bit more pragmatic at times Uh, Or do you feel kind of pragmatism, it's the easiest way to victory and the way we've been playing the last sort of one and a half, two years is our best chance of achieving that in this playoff?
1: Yeah, so, you know, coming into these two games, Kenny will, you know, one thing he always says is we're going into a game, we're not going to go into a game just to not lose. We're going to go into a game to win. Um, So I think these two playoffs coming up, you know, we might be tactically set up differently away from home than to being at home. But ultimately Kenny's gonna set us up to to win.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and Simone, with the with the kind of thing that Rachel says there about Kenny always sets us up to win. Obviously in an away leg of a of a playoff, you're you're in a situation where you know a one one draw it's kind of it's kind of like a win. It's uh, you've got the away goal, you've got the advantage and Given that in the head-to-head against Wales, the two away goals are what ultimately qualifies us for this playoff, um, will the emphasis do you think in Ukraine, in Kiev or wherever it is, um, do you think it will be on getting away goals, or do you think the emphasis will be more on conceding? It's sort of a difficult one to approach from our point of view. Um, what and you know how can you sort of see us approaching it? Um, maybe it's a, be- a question better for Kenny, but I want your take on it anyway.
2: Yeah for sure I think it probably just to echo a bit what uh, Rachel's just said you know from the very start since Kenny came in he was very clear that we would be playing to win games of football and you know obviously we've got this far and I, and I don't think that's ever changed no matter who we come up against you know we're always going to go and we're going to stick to our principles of play and, and play to win games of football and you know all our lives we've been underdogs and we've got this far and going into these playoffs we're going to be underdogs again so we've got absolutely nothing to lose so I don't think that you know we're going to go in with the attitude of you know let's try to not concede and and get away goals I think we're just going to play we're going to play with our heart and our pride and our passion and we're just going to get stuck in because that's who we are you know that's what Northern Ireland's all about and we've got this far and we've no fear so I think that that's exactly how a Northern Ireland team would approach these sort of games.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and Northern Ireland teams in the past have uh, a bit of a history of, well, a bit of a pass in making history against Ukraine as well. I mean, it's literally what well, this podcast is uh, is named after that day in June at the end of the day, so might have to change it to spur of 2021 after this. I don't know. That'll, that'll, be, that'll rest on you guys. But uh, uh, yeah, Rachel, just to, just to kind of finish up um, on, the, on the chat about the playoff uh, and on Ukraine, uh, 24th in the world, but... We're going into this game, and uh, I think this is this is quite a key point. Uh, with without Demi Vance, uh, who's been fantastic for us uh, right the way through the qualifying campaign and beyond, um, it's a blue for us in the sense that uh, it's one of our best defenders, one of the, our players playing across the water, playing uh, full-time football, uh, but also the set-piece quality as well. She's got a fantastic delivery on her, and I think actually, well, I can't remember whether it was a game against Belarus or the Faroe Islands, where she comes off injured, but. With a ruptured ACL, she comes on and takes a free kick, which I just thought was like absolutely wild. And she probably regrets that right now. But uh, how big a loss is she going to be, and how important is it that we, you know, especially perhaps more more uh, more relevantly in the in the away leg, uh, that we're that we're able to cover that, and whoever comes in uh, does does a does an ample job.
1: Yeah, I think you know Demi is a massive player for us. Um, over this last few years, she's been massive, and she's going to be massive in the future. Um, you know, I don't think Demi can be replaced. You know, Demi is is Demi, on and off the pitch. She's a she's a great player um, to have, even around the squad um, and her talent. You know, has been speaking for itself. But we, we've got to spin that to a positive. It's it's time that other girls around around Demi step up and. And, you know, fight for the shirt. And I think the talent we've got coming through is very good. And, you know, we've we've all got to stand up and be counted now. And I know the last couple of games, you know, we're, we're fighting that extra extra bit for Demi. You know, Demi's still a massive part of what we're about in the togetherness. And, you know, as Simone said, like, we're together, we fight for each other. And, you know, we're not a, t- a together 11, we're together... 25, 30, and we'll fight for each other. So, yes, Demi is is going to be a massive part of the future. And, you know, we're going to fight and do everything we can to make sure, you know, she can she can be a part of us going forward, you know, if we do make that dream happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely echo everything you said. And, and Simone, I... I remember kind of growing up as a, as a Northern Ireland fan, uh, men and women. And one of the things we used to always say about the men's side in like the period after Laurie Sanchez, 2010 to 2015, was I used to just talk to my mates at school, and when it was so bleak, we would just say, we would just say like, in our lifetimes, will we ever have the chance to have a big game like a playoff uh, or get to a major tournament? Now, as somebody who's been around the squad uh, for uh, I think it's 11 years now, um. Was there ever a point, kind of, in those tough qualifying campaigns? I think there were there were some campaigns where we only scored three or four goals, maybe came fourth, fifth, sixth in the group. Was there ever a point where you thought, oh, "We'll never have the chance to to even play in a big game like this and have the chance to qualify for a for a major tournament?" Or did you always kind of have that belief?
2: Yeah, it's, that's one of them things. You know, as a, as I came into the system, you know, we were so far off it, or at least it felt like we were so far off, you know, ever getting out of a group or even within a sniffing distance of, of qualifying for a major tournament. And within these last few years and, and really since, since Kenny's come in, that's been the driving force. That's been the focus, you know, w- when we really sit down and what is our aim and what is our desire. And I mean, if you ask any girl that has been, especially the girls who have been there for years, like Fernie and, and the rest of the girls like Julie, Ashley, Marissa and, and Sarah, You who've been there for years that's the dream that's always been the dream you know it's an absolute honor to play for Northern Ireland but to get to a major tournament with Northern Ireland is the ultimate dream and you know and at the start of this campaign we, we thought this is our first real crack to get somewhat close to that and I think you know we've managed to in some essence, overachieved, because absolutely everybody looked at that grip and writ us off. Everybody writ us off, and we believed. And like you said, that then performances out in wheels, they were really what carried us over the edge to get us into this position. And, you know, just how far we've come to be this close now, you know, we've got to believe. We've got to believe that we can go all the way now. You know, that this is a fantastic opportunity. And for a lot of girls, it might be the last time we we get this crack with this group you know this group is unbelievable and yeah we've got fantastic talent coming through but for the girls that have invested so many years and and their time and their effort in building this squad and getting us to where we are today it's girls like that you know that we want to do it for and we and we want to you know give it absolutely everything that we can and hopefully just put us in the best position possible to get us to a major tournament
0: yeah, definitely, and just to to kind of bring it away from the playoffs and onto to the qualifying group stage in general, uh, Rachel, I'm interested to know like what does Kenny sort of say to you at the start of the campaign? Whether it's when the draws made, I don't know if you're like all in a WhatsApp group or you all have a team meeting before the first game, but I assume there's some sort of a thing where, um, you know, there's a there's a meeting where you say, you know, this is what we target or this is what we can achieve in this group, and I guess you know, given what I what I kind of said in my in my question to Simone about uh, the fact that we, we were so far away, and as, as Simone said, we didn't have a sniff in some instances. Um, to go from that to, to finishing second and, and getting into a playoff, was it was such a quantum leap. Like, was that something that you talked about before the campaign? Was it something you said, look, if we can just get the draws against Wales or, or you know get the, the head-to-head record on them? Or was it more a case of baby steps, maybe let's try and finish third, and, and this was beyond everyone's wildest expectations? What was the target at the start of the campaign?
1: I mean, before we sat down with Kenny, I think a lot of the girls' as targets would have been what they have been for the last however many years. Can we finish as high as possible to get our ranks up to then maybe have a better qualifying group the next time? Um, but Kenny said straight away, we're going for second in this group. Yeah. And I think that took us, a lot of us, by surprise. And... Um, and he was like, "No, we're gonna go. For, we're gonna go for second in this group." And I think from Kenny saying that day one, all Kenny has done is put confidence in us to play football, to make mistakes, to want to be better. And the little snippet of confidence that Kenny gave a whole group—I mean, you can see the squad, they're thriving. We're wanting to play football. We're getting results. We're learning. We we learned so much of them first two Norway games. Um, and I don't quite think we knew how important them Wales, that Wales away goal was until, you know, the final, I guess the final game when it was actually possible to to finish second and create history and
0: um, did, did I mean, you know did you know that like did you know the kind of rule about the away goal show because it's such a bizarre thing and in most cases it's like a it's goal difference but did, was there anyone who wasn't quite sure how to work it out or who was doing the mass in the grip <laughs> simone's got her hand up
1: <laughs> so i think we were all a bit unsure so i'm not going to mention names but i knew if i know a few of the welsh girls that you know didn't think that was that was into it. They were like, no, it just goes on goal difference. We're fighting for the goal difference, and it wasn't. I guess until someone I don't know what game it was that someone was like, no, it goes on head to head. And I think not that that shocked us, but I guess we've never really in the past had to look into such rules. So you know, I think then Wales were like, oh god, and we were like, oh. Oh, God, but in, like, a good way. And, you know, and so I don't think we're really seeing the importance. I think we just went to Wales. We went to win. We were very unlucky not to win. We felt we felt almost robbed because we played so well. Um, So I think it was justified in the end getting second because I do believe we were the second-best team in the group.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm sorry to focus on this, Simone, but, like, this really intrigues me. So, like, Fernie says, it didn't really it was a while before you realised the two goals in Wales were, were so significant. By the time the home game against Wales comes around, and obviously we get a nil-nil draw there, did we know that that was a massive thing or were we kind of like, oh, it's just another point on the on the route to the target?
2: Yeah, I, I'm trying to recall what game it was, but I remember us being specifically in a camp where we were all talking about it because, like Fernie mentioned, a few of the Welsh girls um, had been saying that it, was go- it went down to goal difference. And obviously with us conceding so many against Norway, um, I think a lot of us were under the illusion that it did come down to goal difference and it was only when we were all in a camp and we actually got the rules up and we were looking and we were like, no, it goes on head to head. And I just think that the penny just started to drop and it was just crazy because like we'd never been in a position where we even spoke about the potential of finishing so high up a group to get to a playoff position or out of a group so this was completely new territory for us so um whenever we find that out it just gave us that extra bit of belief and motivation like god the odds are in our favor here you know it's in our hands you know like what happens with our fate here is in our hands it's in our control it's ours to lose now and I think knowing that is what carried us through the rest of the campaign
0: yeah, yeah, right. That's that, that's quite interesting. I'd love to have been there when the the kind of penny dropped that oh, we might actually we might actually get a playoff here. I just want to stick with you, uh, Simone, for this one because I want to do this next part in kind of like a chrono- chronological order of the group. Um, I think when you look at this squad and you look at this this past couple of years, um, there's almost every player you can pinpoint a specific moment. Where they've stepped up uh, and and either scored the goal or put in a fantastic performance uh, to get us through the group. And uh, you know, I look at at the nil at nil the at home to Wales, and Becky Flaherty was incredible that night, and uh, and the defence were, were were just superb in getting us that result. And I think Kirsty McGinnis's performance in uh, at at Seaview against Belarus with a well one and a half goals, I think. I don't know if she's claiming that one that, that came back off the goalkeeper, but. Um, and then I guess there's you know Lauren Wade gets a couple of goals uh, as well and, and Co McCarran. but I want to take what I perceive uh, to be kind of your best individual moments throughout the campaign and and feel free to disagree with me but I would say Simone for you like that that opening goal in Wales I mean uh, for the reaction of yourself as much as anything I mean it, it was it was the swearing game was on point <laughs> 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 and but it was it was that goal that kind of puts his head and gives us something to defend and it Ultimately, as it has proved such a crucial goal, to be fair, as most of the goals in the in the group have been. So, kind of talk me through it and the and the feeling and the emotion that that's going through you when you when you put us one 0 ahead in in Newport, I think it was.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know obviously we had just come off the back of a defeat against Norway, and you know it was Kenny's first real games in charge, and you know and I think like Fernie had mentioned, we had learned so much off that first game against Norway it was almost like a baptism of fire in many ways you know with this completely new style and uh, we were really really drummed up to play against Wales and you know there had been various things floating around in, in the media you know only little Northern Ireland and you know we were really really motivated to go into that game and obviously to get such an early goal was so so key for us and I felt that that was the moment the campaign started for us that kicked us off and yeah obviously it's an amazing feeling to score for your country absolutely there's no words to describe the feeling when you score and um, I just think you know to get such an early goal the feeling was incredible and um, I just think yeah my, my reaction you know speaks for itself in many ways but I really do think that that was the moment the campaign you know really started for us and obviously in the manner in which we obviously scored that late equaliser it did feel like yeah, obviously I think we, we could have went all the way and won that game and we did feel slightly raw, but the manner in which we got the equaliser solely on felt like like we'd won in many ways. And, and the feeling that the squad had after that game speaks for itself in many ways. Like I really think that the group of girls, we all looked at each other and said, you know what, we we, we believe in each other and we know what we're capable of. you know. And I think everybody, you ask anybody before that game against Wales, everybody would have said Wales are going to win um full of
0: women's super league players at the end of the day
2: yeah and um and and just the way that we conducted ourselves like we were the better team the football we played and the belief that everybody showed in us throughout that game from the staff and then the belief that we developed within ourselves carried us through and we got that equaliser a couple of years ago we probably would have crumbled in that situation but the fact that we carried ourselves and the character that we showed to fight right to the end and get that equaliser spoke volumes of the group of girls that we have and i just think from that moment it just carried us through the campaign
0: yeah and for yourself for that goal i mean it's a it's a lovely kind of directed header do you get many headers and i think maybe uh, you score in the Faroe Islands with a header as well. So two of the three goals in the group were, were headers. Uh, you don't strike me as somebody who's like a, a kind of a, a target player. So was it unusual to score a header? Maybe where was everyone kind of giving you a bit of not not stick for it? But
2: I was a decoy on that corner. So they didn't pick <laughs> me up in there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And I
1: think the one in the fair was come off my shoulder. but I, don't know. No. I
0: think it hit my ear. <laughs> <laughs> they really hurt. That's what I will say for ones that come off your ear. But yeah, they, they were all, um, maybe they'd all gone to Sarah McFadden who, who wins the header and then you were just left there free. But yeah. uh, but but Rachel, Simone talks about the, the Wheels game as, as being the big one, where, where as being kind of the biggest one in qualification. I suspect you might... Uh, make the case for Belarus away um, and that, that header at the back post, and especially with, uh, with 10 men or uh, 10 players, sorry, you know, to, to kind of play with, with, with 10 for 75 minutes and to score that goal just before halftime. And looking at the statistics, actually, I didn't, uh, I didn't get watching the game. I was up Cave Hill and I was following it on my phone uh, and I was absolutely buzzing. But to, to get that goal just before half time, and it's such an incredible header, back post. Is that something that you, you worked on in training? Uh, or, or was it was it just kind of kind of just a corner whipped into the box and, and, and a run was made? Uh, talk me through that goal in in Minsk.
1: Yeah, well, I think we we practiced set pieces the the day before and Demi wasn't on the set pieces, but I think there was something with the corner that the girls weren't weren't getting it in. Um, but yeah, we all had our specific runs and you know I fancied the one back stick and I just I remember saying to Demi Demi just hit a back stick, like and I'll score um just i had that i had that belief that that night and yeah to get that goal i mean i ran off screaming so you could you could just see the uh, emotions and how much it meant and it was almost like we felt you know when we when we got um we were down to 10 players straight away like the the feeling we got it was just like no this this is not how our story is Supposed to supposed to be, and you you know you just seeing everyone pick themselves up and like no we're we're going to get something out of this game we're believing each other and you know as someone was saying it it probably came from the Wales game you know the the fighting to the end fighting for each other and we're you know as soon as we got that goal we're you've got something to hang on to and I think at half time, Kenny's you know he made a serve he tactically set us up and. Yes, we defended for our lives. We actually still had a few chances in the second half. I think I clipped the crossbar. Um, you know, we we'll all come off absolutely exhausted. You know, mentally, physically, but we smashed the game plan, and um, it was just like what a feeling. And I think that's when you know the real belief that you know this is this is meant to be. We've we've got something against all odds. Um, I think. Norway were only beating Wales one nil at the time. Wales were having chance after chance, and
0: was that game? Did that start slightly after? Because I remember immediately kind of flicking to flick into that game to see, and I was, you know, worried that I was going to get a notification for that. Were you guys following that in the changing room, or what was kind of the vibe there?
1: Yeah, so our game had finished, and you know, I've, we were we were standing around a phone, and I mean, if anyone was recording in the changing room. When that, when that final whistle went um, in the Wheels game, the changing room erupted. And I just think, you know, the, the celebrations, the, the kind of togetherness that we all had there was just, I've never experienced nothing like it in my whole entire life. And it was, honestly, I, I can't even put into words how we all felt that night.
0: Yeah, I remember I, w- I was with my girlfriend at the time and obviously the last four games kind of fell for us in the sense that uh you know it was Belarus home and away and Faroe Islands human away and you know I was I, I was I pinpointed that game in my own head thinking Belarus, it's a long it's a long way to go. I'm not sure kind of what time of the year it was. I think it was in the winter, so tough conditions as well and uh it was just kind of such an incredible result. And Simone that's something that you know, I did a, a podcast straight after the uh the Faroe Islands game with Nicola McCarthy and kinda of talking about everything and one of the words that just kept coming up, time and time again, from both of us, was mentality. Um, and you can you can pick up kind of you know we've obviously talked at length about the the Belarus away game, but Belarus at home to be pegged back twice, uh, and even in the in the Faroe Islands game, um you know albeit a match that we expected to win, um you know kind of as as, as Northern Irish football fans, when Faroe Islands go one nil up, you think oh here we go again, it's more glorious failure. But you guys kind of threw that narrative completely out the window, and the mentality shown pretty much from start to finish in this group, in more or less every game as well. It must be so encouraging for you going into a playoff.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, especially that Belarus game at home, um, you know, it just shows the mentality that's within the squad. Like, you know, I think I said, you know, a couple of years ago in them circumstances, we probably would have crumbled. You know, we concede a goal and then it's backs against the wall and, you know, we're not really getting out. Whereas, you know, things are, are, are completely different now. And I think obviously you think of our away performances you know in Wales and especially that Belarus game you know that Fernie talked about and I think it was at that moment when we were um, Belarus away and especially when the the result came through and we were on the changing room and we were waiting on the Wales um Norway result and the reaction from the group of girls there it, it like Fernie says it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my life and it's probably a, a moment that I'll pinpoint for the rest of my life it was one was of the. Was that bit- the
0: moment you started to believe that game? I would. I actually have written down that question. that said perhaps the 2-2 in Wales, but now we've just ascertained that you didn't know the rules. So was that the game that? you <laughs> <laughs> Was that really the? Yeah.
2: I think, so we would obviously got that result, but no one could really celebrate until we knew the the result in the other game, and we were all in the in the changing room and the staff were out on the pitch and. It, not, I, could, I couldn't sit down i was walking i was so nervous you know, and it felt like the longest i think it was like five or ten minutes left and it felt like the longest five or ten minutes in the world and yeah. you know when that result came through the noise in the change room was it was absolutely mental and like you know there was tears there was everything and it was at that exact moment that we knew this is in our control you know against all the odds we have got ourselves in this position and it was at that moment we knew that no matter what we're going to see this all the way through and that carried us then through them them last few games obviously I I missed the games um which was absolutely gotten but I had every faith that the girls knowing the girls and the mentality and the character that was within this group of players you know you, you think of all the other teams and yeah they've got a team full of professional players but no team will have the team morale and that you know the, the characters and, and the mentality of, of this group of girls it's one of the best groups that I've ever been involved in and you know you know if you make a tackle or if you lose the ball that you've got a full team behind you on the pitch and you've got a full team on the side of the pitch you're gonna be there and they're gonna have your back and and just the, the character and the morale within this this group of girls is what's carrying us through this and it's, it's just fantastic to be on this journey with this group of players
0: yeah and and rachel kind of last question before we um uh, last question to you before we kind of go into a bit of a quiz round to play you both off each other um we had the um obviously the, the friend against england recently um and it was it was a 6-0 defeat in the end we obviously went over there with uh quite a young side as well i know some players were were unavailable whether it was through injury or through work commitments but the key thing about these things is, isn't the result we knew? Well, we knew that whoever we drew in the playoff draw, they, they weren't going to be anywhere near the quality of that England side on show that day. Um, how important is it? I know Kenny's come out today uh, and 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 kind of pushed the Northern Ireland executive to 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 allow games to be played and friendlies to be played so we can get match fitness and, and conditioning in uh, before April. How important do you think that is? Obviously, you're both playing in England, so football is is kind of still going on, but in Northern Ireland where it's a bit it's a bit patchy, we're playing games here and then it's postponed for a certain amount of time and, and the weather, which I we think has played the worst, the biggest part in the Irish League over the last few weeks. How important is it more so for those players uh, that we get minutes in their legs before the, the April playoff?
1: Yeah, you know, it, look, it's a, it's a tough time. It is really important that we try and get some match fitness and, you know, if Kenny's pushing that, I guess the only thing is it's just got to be done in a safe way. Um, you know, if people's lives are at risk, you know, as long as it's done in a safe way, you know, Kenny's always going to push for better, you know, better standards for, for the girls and, you know, push to, to get game time. You know, Kenny's going to try and push every button he can to, to get the best for the girls. And, you know, if it's done safely, then, you know, hopefully something can be arranged. Um, fingers crossed. Yes. You know, game time, match fitness is is massive. You know, that I think that's why we've done so well in the campaign. All the girls were, were match fit. We were playing week in, week out. And now it's kind of, you know, just a, a small group of us. But I know I know how hard the, the girls are working back home with Kenny. And, you know, if it comes to where they can't play, you know, some in-house games, hopefully they can, like, you know, set up 11 v 11 against each other and try and make it as realistic as we can and you know it might just be a little hurdle that we'll have to overcome but we just kind of have to deal with the set of cards that we've got at the minute and try and get out what we can and to put us in good stead for the qualifiers and that's it's a tough situation it's a tough one yes we want to play loads of friendlies we want to be best prepared as we can but at the end of the day it's obviously got to be done safely and you know not put anyone's lives at risk
0: yeah, definitely. And I guess the same kind of goes for, for supporters in the ground as well, because we'd all love to have, especially second leg at home. I mean, I think that's going to be advantage to us, kind of whether the supporters are in or not. But like having the Green and White Army, we know how loyal Northern Ireland supporters are uh, at every level. And uh, I just think if, if we were we were we we're kind of still in it for a second leg, that'll be incredible if we can get supporters in the ground. And I mean, we're all kind of living over here in the the Greater Liverpool region, and for me, it's very hard to keep up with like the English roadmap and the Northern Irish roadmap. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see in that one. Um, listen, uh, let's kind of wrap it up there. But before you go, uh, I want to play you off each other in a in a kind of quiz round. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so so we've got we've got rachel Furness representing the red side of merseyside and simone mcgill representing the wrong well, I- side of merseyside <laughs> so um let me see uh if i can find a coin um okay i've got one here and um, simone heads or tails tails okay it is tails so simone you're going to go first and um, the way we're going to do this is uh there's going to be a topic and you're both going to take turns in naming uh things within this topic okay um until somebody's either wrong or uh or uh, or or can't or can't think of something okay so the topic is uh it's going to be northern ireland goal scorers uh northern ireland women goal scorers in either world cup or european qualification now i know fernie you've been you've been kind of around the gaff for a bit longer than simone so uh to make it to e-
1: <laughs> too many head injuries but i'll give it a go
0: <laughs> so to make it to make it a little bit fairer, I've said uh since Simone made her debut, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Simone was in twenty ten.
2: Aye, yeah, yeah.
0: So uh so Northern Ireland goal scorers in World Cup or European qualification since twenty ten, there are fifteen in total. Okay, so World Cup or Euro qualification, so no friendlies. Uh, no even like friendly tournaments, uh, the Pinnatar Cup, etc., things like that. Just World Cup and European qualification. There are 15 different uh, goal scorers. Are you making notes there, Fernie? I can see you looking down.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm going <all> through. <laughs>
0: well, don't, don't worry, Simone, but with, with Fernie's internet tonight, if she's looking, the map will take her until Christmas before she, <laughs> she gets an answer. Um, okay, so uh, any questions on the... On the on the kind of rules, the format. 15 individual scorers, only World Cup and European qualification since Timon, 2010.
1: Simone, can you look up, please?
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've got this on camera, so I'll have to, I'll have to review the footage after. we will have to maybe do a VAR check on some of these answers. But, uh, all right, Simone, uh, you go first.
2: Okay, Rachel Furness.
0: Rachel Furness is correct. Rachel. That. Jill, I love the... The kind of needle of not saying Simone McGill there. You've gone for somebody else. <laughs> uh, yeah, Julie Nelson's absolutely right. Simone?
2: Um, Ashley Hutton.
0: Ashley Hutton is correct. Rachel? Simone McGill. Simone McGill is correct. Four out of 15.
2: Kirsty M- McGinnis.
0: Kirsty McGuinness is spot on. Rachel? Lauren Wade. Lauren Wade is absolutely fine as well. Simone?
2: Chloe McCarn.
0: Chloe McCarran is correct. We're we're getting getting all the recent ones in here. Rachel. Caitlin McGuinness is absolutely correct as well. Scores against the Faroe Islands in the five one. That's eight out of fifteen, Sabone.
2: Um right, this is where we start to go a bit. Um I don't know if she has it. Sarah
0: McFadden. <laughs> That was the that was one I was thinking you would maybe say, but it is actually wrong, Simone. I'm so sorry. Um, Sarah scored in 2007, oh, yeah? no! but uh, but hasn't scored since 2010. So you've Woo! been done by you've been done by the rule that uh, was supposed to give you uh, an, an even playing field. So Rachel, actually, because Simone went first, uh, I think you still have to get one more yeah, before on, I can I can grant on, you the yeah. win. Because it's for all at the minute. So Rachel Furness, if you can name a Northern Ireland goal scorer since 2010 in World Cup or Euro qualification that hasn't been said already, oh, uh, then you've one. you've got it. Another
2: one. <sighs> Kimberly
0: Turner. Kimberly Turner is not correct. So <laughs> I think we're I think we're back in here. Um, so Simone, you're back in the game. Avila Bergen. Avila Bergen's correct. Scores twice what? against Georgia in 2015. Got one.
1: Marissa
0: Callahan. Marissa Callahan's correct as well. That's 5 all, so there's 5 more answers. Um Simone, can you get one? Who else is
2: scoring here?
1: Oh, your ears killing me.
0: So, here's here's what I can do. Um for some of these ones, um I can give you the game and the year in which they've scored. Yeah,
2: okay.
0: Okay, so um let me just see. So Let's there's see, one so there's somebody who scored in a 2-1 defeat to estonia in june 2010 somebody who scored twice in a 3-0 win against estonia july 2010 somebody scored in a 1-0 win against bulgaria october 2011 someone who scored in a 2-2 draw with belgium in september 2012 Uh, and there's one more isn't there and there's one more who's actually scored quite a few goals got one
1: right tomorrow it's you I know it's my goal. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a timer on this. I need to think of one unless you get that. I'm thinking, I'm
2: um... thinking. Oh, no, actually, I'm trying to think.
0: Kelly Bailey? No, Kelly Bailey's not correct. So, Rachel, you can take it. Second chance.
1: Catherine O'Hagan.
0: Catherine O'Hagan is correct. <laughs> Scored in the 2-2 against Belgium September 2012. Yeah. So congratulations, Fernie, you are the inaugural Spirit of 2016 quiz champion. How do you feel? How
1: do you feel, Simone? <laughs> Sorry, the internet's
2: freaking
0: up here. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Fernie, going to maybe use that one. Fernie, in, 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 in terms of the grand achievements of your career, playing for Liverpool, playing for Northern Ireland, all these goals you've scored, where does this rank um, in the grand scheme of things? Do you know what?
1: To get one over on uh, Evertonian and Simone, <laughs>
0: it's so
1: that
2: this is, okay. this is all Sarah's fault that she hasn't scored.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were so confident with that one as well, weren't you? I was. I was like, oh,
2: she's definitely scored."
0: Um, a- any you were? Any you were considering um, that you maybe? Um, what, any
2: Jess Doran?
0: Jess Doran uh, is not correct. No, Fernie. Any? Any you were thinking? I
1: was going to say Helen McKenna.
0: Helen McKenna would have been correct. Of course, of course. Scored against uh, Estonia uh, 3-0 yep. in July 2010. The other ones were uh, Jessica Stevens.
1: That's Jess Doran. That's right?
0: Jess Doran. Oh, is it? Well, I'm glad you didn't say that in the actual quiz. <laughs> 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 All right, the other ones were Cara Hamilton. Oh, Cara. has got to be some broken hearts when this Paul goes but out, I'll tell I you don't what.
2: Don't let Cara know that I did not say her name. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm gonna add her when the poll goes up tomorrow, Simone, with okay. the clip. <laughs> and the other one was uh, Alexandra Hurst. Alex.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have got that though. I actually wouldn't have got that, Simone. Yeah, that's right.
2: Alex scored. Oh, yes. against Do
0: you know. Uh, Alex and Hurst in the two-one defeat to Estonia, June 2010. Yes. That was actually the first one of the of the decade, I believe. Wow. Oh, I, I've
2: I've performed poorly there.
0: No, you were you you were odds on favorite for a, a heavy part of that there um and just bottled it at the end. But uh listen, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um girls, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: No no at all.
0: Great stuff. So uh until the uh well goodness me, we've got uh, we've got three men's games uh at the end of March and then two women's games in the playoff in April. So loads of podcasts coming up for us uh, after about four months of no matches. So uh, I hope you guys can all join us for those ones. And um, If you haven't already, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Spirit of 2016 Pod. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed this one with uh, Simone McGill and Rachel Furness. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to you guys for coming on, as I say. Uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.